0: We're going to spend just a few minutes in Psalm 78, kind of a two-part deal we'll finish next week. Um, kind of a, so if it's, it's sort of like a Father's Day message, and so really you get to celebrate Father's Day two weeks in a row. So uh, kids, if you weren't, if you forgot this week and you weren't as nice to your dad as you should have been this morning, you know, you can do it again next week as well. They won't complain. There's no problem with that. We're going to be in Psalm 78 this morning and next um, And while it is a challenge to dads, um, it's also a challenge to the rest of us, uh, to you who are young, teenagers, younger than that, moms as well. Um, As we think about, as Laurel talked about, the importance of God's Word, the importance of, um, of us making it important, of us taking it and saying, this is God speaking to us. You know, we're privileged. We have... Uh, the technology that's available to us, we have numerous translations. We can not only read it for ourselves, not only come to church and listen to it, we can, on our phones now, we can look up, oh, there's a verse. I can get a verse of the day. You can get someone to email you a verse every day. You can, oh, I'm, I'm discouraged, I need hope. And so you type in the word hope and you can find all the verses in the Bible that tell you about hope. There's also a disadvantage to technology. Especially for us as Americans, is it is it becomes easy, and sometimes we we take it not as serious as we should. It becomes too simplistic, and we can we can look up all those verses that talk about hope, and we can we can grab those things and take them out of context, and and not really get what the whole picture of the Bible is telling us. For example, the. You think about the story of David. He was anointed as king as a a young boy and and then spent years running from a guy who still had the title king, but really wasn't. God had had removed that from him and, and David was the anointed king and yet he was running and running and running. And throughout from Samuel through the end of Chronicles, the word hope does not appear. And yet, as you read that story, as you think about David hiding out in the cave and, and at times fearing for his life, and he's got surrounded him with a bunch of ragtag, good for nothing people. And, that, and then you read through the Psalms and you see that despite the way that story is portrayed, David, the legitimate king on the run, at times seeming rather hopeless. You read through the Psalms and what you find is that he was full of hope. And so if you take the whole story and you meditate on the whole story, there's a great example of what, it's not just a verse that says, oh yeah, I should hope in the Lord because he's good. How is he good? Well, in the midst of things not going the way they should have gone for David, he was always present. He was always there. And he was carrying out a plan that he wanted to carry out for the nation. That at the right time, in the right place, David would ascend to the throne. And that big story, if we pay attention to it, is not just a story. That's what gives us hope. And so, in Psalm 78, the psalmist begins very simply, Listen, O my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. He goes on and talks about passing that down to next generations we'll talk about next week. And then he spends about 60 verses retelling the story of the nation of Israel from Egypt to King David. A story that everybody who read this psalm would have known and known well. And he begins by saying, listen, pay attention. Listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. Why? Why do they need to listen carefully to a story they already know? Why is that important? Well, I think he gives us three reasons why it's important. He says, I will open my mouth in a parable. A parable is just simply a story with a meaning a story with a meaning. Someone said it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. That's fine, but it's just simply a story that has an attached meaning to it. And it's really easy for us, especially those of us who grew up in the church, to go, oh yeah, I know that story. And we kind of shut off. We quit listening. We quit hearing. And for anybody reading this psalm, and, and oh, he's fixing to go into 60 verses about a story that I've heard since I was this big. And we just kind of tune out. We just kind of forget. Because we don't, he's saying it's a story, yes, but it's not just a story. It's a story that has a meaning. What I would love for you to do this week as we prepare for next week is to read all of Psalm 78 and to think about the story, yes, but what does it mean? Why is he repeating this and why does he include the details he includes? What's the meaning he's trying to get across that he wants these people to pass on to the next generation? And we'll talk about that next week. So first, it's not just a story. It's a story that has a meaning. And we know, and we're blessed with the fact that we know that from beginning to end, this story ultimately is about Jesus. So as we read, how does this point to our Savior? How does it point to Christ? As we read the story of David or the story of Moses or the story of Abraham, what is it telling us about us today and our salvation because of what Christ did for us? So number one, it's not just a story. Number two, though, it requires work and sometimes the meaning is not readily apparent. He says, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter dark sayings of old. Your version may say in riddles or in hidden things. See, sometimes the author just doesn't come out and say, oh, here's what I mean. They just tell us the story. And they expect us to pay attention to the consequences for actions, to repetition, to things that keep happening over and over again. They expect us to pay attention, to think, to use the brain that God gave us to go, what's He saying here? We've seen that a lot as we've talked about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph over the last... uh, Two or three years as we've dealt in our time in Genesis of, yes, it's a story. But as we look at the actions of the people and what happens, that there's a meaning and sometimes it requires us to work at it. We can't just open the book and go, okay, I'm going to read today and I'm going to check my box. I've read the Bible for today. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's hard. Even Peter says about Paul's writing, some things that are difficult to understand. Right? If Peter thought that what Paul wrote was difficult to understand, we shouldn't think that we can just read it and go, okay, yeah, I got it. Are we listening? Are we hearing? And for us, in not an oral culture, but in a written culture, that means are we reading and paying attention? Are we, are we focusing on what the words say and, and not just going, oh, yeah, I know the story. Because sometimes the story is difficult. Third, verse 3 says, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. Right? Sometimes we know the story so well that it just becomes rote. Oh yeah, I know that. God has a great sense of humor. This week I was reading through, a, through Hebrews and came upon a passage that I love. I've even preached on and here before. And I got to the end and I realized I didn't pay attention to a lick of what I just read. I have no clue because I approach it and go, oh yeah, I know this passage. I even memorized part of it at one time and then the mind just shifts gears to something else. Listen, listen well because you know the story. And because you know the story, that requires you to listen well. Or you'll just think about whether Phil Mickelson's going to win the U.S. Open this afternoon while you're reading Other things will come into your mind and you'll read through a passage and you'll go, what did I just read? What did God just have for me that I just completely blew off? It becomes a rope because we know it so well. And the psalmist knows that and he says, you know it. You've heard it. Your father's told you this story over and over again. Listen carefully. It's a plea to his readers To his listeners, it's a plea to us. When you open this treasure of God's Word, are you listening? Are you focusing? Are you paying attention? Or is it just something that you're doing because you're supposed to read your Bible every day and you read your one or two chapters and you check your box and you go on to something else? Or is it important? Another reason that's important we're going to get to next week is because there's a requirement, there's an admonition to pass it on to someone else. And He doesn't want us just to pass on the story. He wants us to pass on the meaning behind the story. That God is at work, that He's active, that He pursues us, and that He's done something about our sin by sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to take our sin upon Himself on the cross and to give us His righteousness as we put our faith in Him and what He's done. He doesn't want us just to tell the stories to our kids. He wants us to tell the story to our kids and to the generations that follow. And if we don't listen, if we don't hear, if we don't absorb what that story is, if we just think, oh yeah, I know that story, I can repeat the words. I know the language. But if we don't pass on the wonder and the majesty of these people in the Bible who are at times, as we've seen, horrible examples of what people should be. And yet God time and again reaches down and by grace and redeems people and uses people over and over again. And if we just pass on the story or just pass on the words or just pass on the commands, then what we're teaching our kids in the next generation is, yeah, there's this God and He's got a list of rules and you just better do those. And we've missed the gospel. We've missed the fact that God longingly pursues His people by grace even when they're idiots. And that when we exercise faith, This miraculous thing called redemption happens. And even if we continue to be idiots, God can still use us in the lives of other people. Not just here, but all over the world. In places like Ivory Coast, in places like Europe, in places like South America. Where God is living and active. And so this week I want you to read Psalm 78. Maybe more than once. And I want you to listen. What is God saying to you as the psalmist recounts the story from Egypt to David? And next week we'll get together and we'll we'll talk about that and we'll talk about what it means to pass on and what we're supposed to pass on because the psalmist tells us that too. Let's pray together then we're going to sing one more song. Father, thank You for today. I thank You for an opportunity to hear what You're doing around the world. God, we ask that uh, You would keep us mindful of those things, that we not become just focused on ourselves. But God, we also pray that You would open our hearts and our minds to what You're doing here in this county, through Your church and through Your people. And I pray that You would help us, uh, by Your Spirit, be faithful. we were reminded of a, a man who prayed for years and years, And persevere. God, help us to persevere. As we see uh, the devastation that sin wrecks in people that we know around us. God, help us to persevere in prayer. Help us to be people who are faithful to you. And we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Would you stand with us as we sing again?